I want everyone to have an outline. So if you do not have an outline, please raise your hand. We will make sure that you have one, that you get an outline of the sermon for this morning. If you'll notice, it says simply the joy of giving. The joy of giving. And I have several quips here that uh, I want to read, and and you can read them along with me. That's in the uh, introduction. I call it words, word, listen to me, words of wisdom. Giving is a matter of the heart and not of the pocketbook. If you have a heart to give, if you desire to give, and we're going to be talking about money. And uh, by the way, we're going to have others to come and talk and give some practical guidelines how that we can be debt free, how that we can increase in, in giving to the Lord because it's a delight. You know, in Proverbs, it says, honor the Lord with your first fruit. So when you give to God and give to the church or give wherever you give and it goes to a charitable organization like like that's part of the kingdom of God, you honor him. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. I don't know of anyone that was any more charitable than my mother. My mother didn't have a lot of money, but she knew what it was to give. And she was determined, first of all, she was going to pay her tithe. And there were times she didn't have the money to pay her tithe. And there were times that she took the rent money, and I would scratch my head and I'd say, Mom, don't do that. But she did. She, she took money that she needed somewhere else because she was not going to miss paying her tithe. Did you, did you know we never miss paying the rent? We never got kicked out of the house. God always provides. Giving is an act of faith. Giving is one of the most beautiful things that you can do. It is delightful. God will give to us what will flow through us. My wife and I were in the Holy Land in Israel, and we had the opportunity to see the dead, dead sea. My wife went swimming in the Dead Sea. It was too yucky for me. But it's the Dead Sea. It has a lot of minerals in it. Galilee, the water that comes from the mountains and comes down to Galilee. And then from Galilee, the Jordan flows into the Dead Sea. And you know the reason it's dead. It has an inlet, but it doesn't have an outlet. God will give to us what will flow through us. And so we, we don't practice good stewardship when it comes to giving. We don't practice that. It might not 
flow into us. And we wonder why, God, why, why I can't, why, why I can't seem to get ahead. Brother Larry's going to come, uh, not next week, but the following week. And I'll tell you, he's a man, when it comes to giving, you're to listen to. You're to listen to him. I never have understood people wanting to listen and follow Hollywood when it comes to marriage and divorce. I want to follow someone that succeeds. Amen? It is, our life is to be like a river, certainly not a reservoir. For where your treasure, this is scriptural, this is biblical, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Nuggets, powerful golden nuggets that speak to our heart, practical, simple, but so powerful. Now, look at it, it if you will, uh, at Luke chapter 6, six verse 38. And there's probably not many people in this congregation that could not quote this verse. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Say it. Running over. Will be put into your bosom or back into your life. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Somebody say amen. amen. I found that so true. The principle of sowing and reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping. I believe as you give, God gives back to you. Someone says, I can't afford to tithe. Now, there may be some here that you don't believe in tithing. Well, believe in the New Testament scripture that talks about giving. They gave all they had. <laughs> some of them and brought it to the lady at the disciples' feet. They gave consistently and constantly. But it, 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 it's important that we do. Now, uh, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Look at Roman numeral number one. Reflect on God's gifts to you. And this is, is four simple suggestions which, which uh, when it comes to giving. You say, I want to I know the principles of giving. I want to know how I can give to God and that giving, that gift, and my receiving, the giving and the receiving will be the most successful. Here's number one. Reflect on God's gift to you. Uh, uh, there's a song that we sang, and we sung it years ago, and I sing it maybe once in a while. There's a roof up above me. How many of you have you got a roof over your head? Brother Larry and I went to some places that didn't have roofs over their head. I have a good place to sleep. Do you have a place that you can go to the night, lie down, peace and harmony, comfortable? A good place to sleep. There's food on my table. How many of you have food on your table? In your refrigerator, in your pantry, in the cabinet, you've got, you have food. 
If you don't have food at all to eat, we'll help you get food. But most of us will go out after the service and we will pig out. God's given us a roof. He's given us a place to sleep. He's given us uh, food to eat and shoes on my feet. There are a lot of people, a lot of places, by the thousands, by the millions that don't have any shoes to go on their feet. You gave me your love, Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Wow. God's love. And I, I don't think we can measure it. It's, it's too high. God's love's too deep. His love is so wide. You gave me your love, Lord, and a nice family. There is nothing for some of us that were raised in a different type and different environment. There's nothing like a family. There's nothing like peace in the home. There's nothing like harmony. And you're glad to get off at five or ever what time you get off. And you're glad to drive home. And you're glad to open that door and walk in that door. And you know there's going to be peace. There's going to be tranquility. That's God. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Gift. It's a gift. God's given this to us. Many homes is filled with cursing, alcohol, drugs, filth. But your home, you can go home and it's clean. You can go home and there's peace. There's words that are said that for healing and for uplifting, not something to push you down. Not someone that puts you down every time you say a word. You gave me your love and a nice family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on me. And I'm not going to give back to him. I'm not going to honor him because of all of these great things. When I think of the gifts that he gives to me, I was in Nicaragua and we had meetings right next to a river. And it's the people that, that, that they write. That's the only way they get there. The only way you can get to those, some of those 13 churches. In fact, I think all of them is by, is by water. And one lady, and God ministered to her while we were there. She was a big lady. And, and uh, she came. She walked two days to get to church. You and I, we step out of our house, we get into our cars, we have air conditioning in the summer, heat in the winter, we have a nice ride, enjoyable ride. Thank you, Lord. And I'm not going to bless him. I'm not going to bless him. Carol and I went to Raleigh, we were on 147, and next to a bridge out there on 147, there's, there's just... I don't know if it's cardboard or uh, 
some, it's some kind of board. It's, it's a square little place. I think, and there, was, there were clothes out there, and, and it's a place where someone sleeps. You and I don't have to sleep in, car, in cardboard boxes and lay on cardboard boxes. We have a nice, and we're not going to thank him and love him and say, God, here's yours. It's back to you. I wouldn't have it anyway. Unless, See, first of all, reflect on God's gifts to you. Second of all, remind yourself of his promises regarding giving or generosity. Listen to this. One out of every six verses in Matthew, one out of every six in Matthew, Mark, Luke, one out of every six verses, they have to do with money. Wow. In the New Testament, there are 38 parables, half of them, Jesus not Paul, not Peter, not someone else. Half of them, Jesus, devoted to the issue of money. Say, wow, I didn't know that. Wow. Half of those parables are devoted to money. 15% of everything Jesus said that is recorded in the scripture has to do with our attitudes and our actions when it comes to finances. In the Bible, there are 2,350 verses relevant to finances. There are 126 principles of stewardship mentioned in simply in the New Testament. Think of his promises. Look at some of the scriptures that Tammy is going to put on the screen. Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 17. I love this. And I said, this is in the Old Testament. This is in Moses' writing thousands of years ago. Every man shall give as he is able, according, according, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. I just finished talking five minutes on all the blessings that God has given us and is given us and will give us. And the writer of Deuteronomy says, every, listen, every man, every person, didn't say one. It says, every man. My mother taught us to give. She taught us to give and she gave us, when she had money, and most of the time she did, she'd give us a little money to give. We'd give our dollar, we'd give our 50 cents, we'd give whatever we could. It says every man. One of the best things you can teach your children and grandchildren is to give to God financially. It's important. Notice. This is from 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 9. Then the people rejoice. I love this. And if, we, if I had time, I'd read the whole text. But they, they had given to build. And here we go. Then the people rejoiced for they had offered how? Willingly. Nobody, nobody put pressure on them. I was in the church one time. You're in the city. You're in Durham. And the evangelist called people up to give. And he said, I want you that's going to give 500 to get in this line. 
I want, I want you that's going to give 300 line up here. And he went right on down, 150. I want you to get in this line. And he prayed a special prayer on everyone, but the one that gave the most, he really prayed a special prayer on them. Is that the way Jesus did? Absolutely not. He said, the little widow woman has given more than you all when she gave her might. God wants to bless. The people rejoice because they gave willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced what? Greatly. You know, when, uh, what is your name? Uh, when uh, she took up the offering today, what's her name? Christy. I know what her name is. <laughs> Couldn't think of it. When Christy, takes up the offering, whether it's Christie or whoever it is, when they, when they challenge us, when we challenge to give, every person should rejoice greatly. David rejoiced greatly simply because the people were willing to give and, and David was willing to give. And they rejoiced greatly. Giving is a time of rejoicing. Loving the Lord is a time of rejoicing. And then we find in Proverbs chapter 11, there is one who scatters, yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. When Carol and I started in the ministry, I, we had a house and we sold our house or put it up for sale. We were going to sell it. We bought a nice three-bedroom brick home and land to put it on for $15,500. We love that house. We love that house here in Durham. But... I was going to quit the, where I worked at and we were going to go into the ministry because God had called us. And we put our house up for sale. We were going to buy a mobile home which would reduce the expense and, and go. The first offering I received when I quit my job was how much? $15. That's, that's for the week. He said, oh, but money went further. Yeah, it did, but $15 is not going to pay the house rent and put food on our table. We, the first, first offering we got was $15. And there was a time it was a struggle. But we never one, not one, never one time did not pay tithe on what we got. And there were times when we didn't have and we paid tithe. I do not know other than a miracle of God where the money came from. Carol's mom and dad were poor. They were very poor. 
And there were times they didn't have money, they didn't have food. And so Carol's dad said, let's pray. And he prayed, true story. They went, maybe heard something on the front porch, they heard something on the front porch. They went to the front porch and there were boxes of groceries. Never saw anybody. Didn't, Didn't know who to thank. Those things happen. If you obey God, when it comes to stewardship in the kingdom, he will bless you. And the psalmist says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, his people, begging bread. It is important. I love Malachi. Look at me. Look at it. Malachi. Malachi, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, I believe, and we'll get into that maybe, I believe the storehouse doesn't mean you can't give to other people. It's the church. That's where you receive your blessings. I believe it's the church. And there are certainly other offerings that can be given to other ministries. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not do what? If I will not do what? Open for you the windows of heaven and pour, pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive. Carol, you and I have experienced that for 55 years. And I know it works. I know it works. And I just read into where uh, you, you, you scatter, you scatter, There's that that scatters, yet increases more. You take and you give. You take the seed and you give. Guy was out in the desert. He he was so thirsty. He came to a place that had a pump where you pump water. And when he got to that pump, there was a sign on that pump that said, Uh, There's plenty of water in the ground, but take the container that is full of water because you've got to prime the pump. Now, I was raised, we didn't have running water in our house, so I know what it is, and we had to prime the pump. You had to pour water, take the handle, and pour water in the pump, and it would cause the water in the ground to come out. If you didn't, the water would not come out. So he looked at that water so thirsty. And he wondered, should I take this water and drink it and satisfy my thirst? Or somewhat satisfy? Or should I do what the sign says and prime this pump? And prime this pump. Now you're asked the same question. You're going to take the seed that God has given to you I'm going to take it. Are we going to take it and scatter it or plant it and watch, you know, all kind of harvests from the seed that we planted? You can take one grain of corn and plant it. Back home in Sampson County, we would plant corn and a stalk would come up and we had two, sometimes three large ears of corn. Can you imagine how many uh, grains of corn is on one ear of corn? Hundreds, hundreds. Can you imagine out of one grain, off of three ears of corn, thousand. 
And that's the way God is. You plant. And if you plant, don't, don't drink the water. Prime the pump, and it's going to, first of all, it's going to be cool coming from the ground. Second of all, you just keep pumping, and it don't run out. And that's, you know, don't drink, don't eat your seed. Plant the seed, and then you will have a harvest. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, I have sown you in every way by laboring with, with this. I'm sorry, laboring like this. That you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Don't you like to receive? I do. I love to receive. I love for people to give. My 50th anniversary, I'd get a card and I just couldn't wait to open that card. To see how much people love me. And then they put a little gift card in there or whatever in there, or check or whatever. I love that. I love that. We get gifts sometimes at Christmas. And my wife and I, we get all those cards. We're out real calm, you know. Thank you. We appreciate it. Those cards start stacking up. We get in the car and we start fighting who's going to get that, that card. I love to receive. But it's, it is, this is Jesus. It is more blessed to give than re- I love to give. I, I just cherish the opportunity. One more verse. And this is important verse. Listen to me. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So let each one give as he pur- purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of a necessity or compulsion. The King James there, it's compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. I've been in church where they just about hound you to give. I mean it. In fact, I hate to say this, years ago, some, some, not all, certainly, some preachers, they'd get these congregation riled up and you know, get them shouting and praising the Lord. And then they, and right at the high point of that, they took up an offering. And I felt like that's why they were, that's why they did that. Don't give grudgingly. Don't give out of, out of compulsion. Give because, say amen, you love Jesus. Amen. That's how you give. Number three. First of all, you reflect on God's gifts to you. Second of all, you remind yourself, these are all the promises of God. He said, you give, I'll open the windows of heaven. He said, you scatter, I'll give you more. All these promises of Jesus. Look at third. Examine your heart. Is my giving proportionate to my income? Preacher about to take an offering. And he said, and now brethren, let us all give according with what we reported on our 1040. Be honest. Be obedient. Someone said, I, should I give out of the gross or the net? We do the gross. I just want, I don't want to shortchange if that is God at all. I want to give more. I believe in tithe and in offering. And the next question, am I motivated by guilt or by contagious joy? Number three, if someone else knew the level of my giving to God's work, would I be a model to follow? And number four, have I prayed about giving or am I just an impulsive responder? Pray about it. 
Paul says to the church at Corinth, come to church prepared to give. Come to church prepared to give. Number four, trust God to honor his consistent generosity. Release your restraint. You know the reason some people don't tithe or give is out of fear. I don't know if I have a knife. Enough. We, listen, there are times we all run into tight spots, and, and it's a struggle. One says, I can't afford not to tithe. I mean, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. Tithing is important. It's scriptural. You say, oh, it's an Old Testament. It, 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 it was done during Moses. Let me tell you, it was done before Moses because Abraham paid tithes. You say, but there's nothing in the Bible about tithing. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, yes, there is. You say, tell me, I'm not. I might tell you next week. It's in there. Look for it. Look under the concordance. Google it. Jesus is the one that said something about tithing and what the importance of tithing. Trust God released it. When you really believe God is leading you to make a significant contribution and develop the habit of generosity. Now, here's some areas we're going to be covering. And I want you to be excited about it. If you're not excited, smile real big. Show your teeth so you make me think, think that you're excited about what I'm teaching. Here's some questions we're going, to be, we're going to be give answers to. Why should I give to God? Will God really ask me to account for what he has given me on earth? Number three. Where did the concept of tithing originate? How can I afford to live on 90% of my income when I can't even, afford, even make it on 100%? They say a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I've experienced that. There were times I could not live. Hardly it seemed like we still paid our tithe. But when we kept paying our tithe, God opened doors that we did not know was there. There are things at the house, there are things at the house that would have been torn up long time ago, still working. And I believe because we dare pay our tithe. And you might say, brother, no, my car broke down. Well, I've had to have my car in the shop lately. Doesn't mean things aren't going to happen to you. I just believe overall, God will bless you when you give to him. Should I wait until I am out of debt to begin tithing? Look at it. Who gives more to God, the rich or the poor? Good question. And number eight. Number seven, is it unbiblical to desire wealth? I believe God wants you to be a millionaire. I think God wants you to have plenty of money. We'll prove it to you. That's a good question to ask. How much does the Bible have to say about money? I read that to you. read that to you a while ago. Come, Brother Matt, if you will. And uh, I would not care, Brother Matt, if you did. If you don't have anything... If you do that last song that you did, that, that song elevated me into almost a third heaven. It's rich. It's rich. I want you to begin to play, pray about your giving to the Lord. 
I want you to begin to pray about your giving to the Lord. I'll probably bring out in some of the messages some of the great men that tithe, started tithing. And these men now, the businesses, you shop at their businesses. They're all over the United States. Men that started their business and they started paying 10% of their tithe. They increased it, listen to this, to 90%. Their tithe was 90%. Some of the biggest businesses in the world were men that started their business giving 10% and wound up paying 90% of their tithe. Sing a song, Brother Matt. You know, I believe God wants every one of his children to be free. And some of us are not free. We're not free to flow in the Spirit. We're not free to flow in, in the Spirit. And I believe some of us so desire to give, but you're not free to give. To give. You're not free. Satan is choking that off from you. I believe that every one of us want to love our loved ones more and even love our enemies, but we're not free because Satan has his foot on our neck. We can barely breathe, let alone have life. God wants us to have life and be able to breathe way down deep. And God wants to set you free today. And he's going to do that. I want you to believe that. Don't believe it because Don Westbrook says it. Believe it because God's word says it. God will give to you what will flow through you. If love flows through you to your loved ones, to your co-workers, even to your enemies, God's love will flow through you. If your kindness flows through you to someone else, God's kindness will flow. His kindness will flow through you. What you give, He gives back to you. Pressed down, shaken together. He said he'd cause men, listen to this, people to give back to you. Hallelujah. God's going to do it. Father, I want you to believe with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break every bondage. We command that foot, the foot of the devil, the foot of opposition, the foot of doubt and unbelief, the foot of fear, we command it to be removed. And God, deep breathing breath, life-giving spiritual breath goes way down deep into that life. And then God, the Spirit of God begins to flow. There is no opposition. There is no impediment. There is nothing that will hinder because we choose To let your love flow through us. To let your money flow through us. To let your kindness flow through us. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, every believer, every person praying, every person exercising faith is loosed by your power. And you are going, your spirit is going to flow through and it's going to manifest itself in joy, in speaking in tongues, in giving 
flow, 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 Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Believe it as they sing this one more time.